We are back. Season four of the Craft Beer Connoisseurs podcast. I'm Brett. Along with me is two other hosts and a producer. For those of you who are new to the podcast, we like to showcase breweries, their beers, and conclude every episode with a thematic-ish conversation. If you're a casual listener or a seasoned vet, you know what to expect. Producers continue to change short episodes, but the same old connoisseurs will continue to provide top-tier content every single episode. Please feel free to listen to all of our previous episodes and producer specials to get an insight into all of the breweries and beers we've mostly enjoyed. And whether you're new or returning, we are pleased to be your favorite craft beer podcast. Follow us on Instagram at Craft Beer Cons, send a friend request on Untapped, or subscribe on YouTube at Craft Beer Connoisseurs. Also drop a comment, like, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Now, for today's episode. Welcome to the Craft Beer Connoisseurs. I'm Brett. I'm Tyler. And with us today is producer Sam. Sam, Sam, he is Am. Sure. <laughs> we'll go with it. He's Sam. Yeah, yeah he is. I guess. He is I guess Sam. he's Sam. Uh, so in today's episode, we're going to be reviewing Square Brew out of Goddard Ontario. This one's been a, a bit of a time coming. Yeah. For sure. I mean, very straightforward. Square and brew. Yes, exactly. Two words. Two beers. Yes. Two beers that we're having today. First one is Ontario's West Coast IPA, which, as you guessed it, is an IPA. And the second is Greg's Celtic Fog, which is a pale ale. Yes. And to finish out the episode, we're going to be talking about virtual reality and simulators. So, Square Brew is located at 430 Parsons Court in Goddard, right at the end of a dead-end road. Yeah, it's so, kind of tucked away a little bit, yeah, isn't it? It is tucked a little way in the back. But uh, once you reach that dead end of the street, you might as well stop in for a pint, right? You're already there. Yeah, you're there. You can't go further. Uh, So taking over after many years, uh, after the building was abandoned, it's been renovated to fit tanks, tap room, uh, a beautifully paved parking lot. Let me tell you that. You love that paved parking lot, That paved parking lot is beautiful. Uh, With ample space along with a back patio filled with some some of your favorite games, you know, Cornhole, Jenga, uh, just to name a few. I guess Jenga is now one of my favorite games. I think so. (laughs) I like playing a big, big version of Jenga. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's a good hand gesture you did, too. Yeah. Uh, founded by Alex Maneri, who happens to be your cousin? Yes, there is uh, some uh, relation on the Ancestry.ca there, yes. <laughs> How deep of a dive do we have to do? I wouldn't look at the Ancestry.ca, but uh, it is on my mother's side. Okay, yes. wow. There you go. Uh, UK trained. Yes. and worked at Block 3 and Amsterdam, actually. Square Brew now focuses the beers um, that he likes to drink in an atmosphere that they all enjoy. Yep. So, again, brewing for yourself which hopefully translates to brewing forever to everybody else. Um, it's been, you know, kind of a, a local watering hole in Goddard. Uh, they enjoy going there, all the locals, and some of the tourists. I mean, it is Canada's prettiest town after all. There's got to be some tourists, right? So, so they say. But again, it's a little bit off the beaten path. Yes, it so is a little bit off the beaten path. you got to know where you're going. Yeah. To, I mean, there, there is a sign that points you to the, in the direction. Which is good. Um, I mean, also, if you have a smartphone, you can just GPS the address. A, a what phone? You... A smartphone? <laughs> a smartphone. <laughs> An iPhone, you know. Uh, oh, and they have smartphones, yes. <laughs> yes, they're smarter than me. Well, Amazing. It's yeah, true. It's true. Uh, so Square Brew is also an event space for music. Uh, weddings, actually, if you're like a nice little low-key wedding. No. Um, no, you like a big wedding, don't you? Big wedding guy. Big wedding. Big uh, wedding guy. And uh, new for the winter, they kind of purchased us in the spring, but kind of aren't uh, really introducing it till, um, you know, it gets cold outside. Uh, a golf simulator. Yes. That brings us to our theme conversation, yes, exactly. doesn't it? So it's one of the first breweries to introduce that. Because obviously, golf simulators have become uh, very popular in the last few years. For sure. Right? So, yeah, it's good that they could uh, bring that in to uh, utilize it. Yeah, well, let's, let's see if it takes off. I looked into that. I mean, they're not too, too expensive, which is, no, which they're is not. good. So you can I thought you were going to say, see if it tees off. 
No, but you could get a good ROI on that. Now, let's talk about the brew itself uh, beyond just that stuff that you yep. just mentioned, Brett. Um, inside the tap room, very open, very accessible. Um, obviously, they've put that to the forefront. So they wanted to make sure that it's very easy for people to kind of move around. Um, large space. Yes. So people can kind of go around, you know, come from the beach, the downtown square, which is actually, again, an octagon, which we'll kind of talk about. You know, shapes are hard. They are, aren't they? Um, and then, yeah, so you can kind of sit down either inside or you can sit down um, outside. Lots of picnic tables, both in and out. Yes. So out on tap, uh, Square Brewers create 58 different beers and seltzers, or what they would like to call them, Goddard's Waters. Goddard's Waters. Right. I don't uh, know, something, something about that title just rubs me the wrong <laughs> well, way. It's better than Walker in water. Anyway, uh, with an average rating of 3.53 out of 5 and just over about f- uh, 5,000 check-ins. Now, I think that... Everybody except for Chris has been there. Correct. I believe us three have been there at the same time. Actually, uh, yeah, I think so. I think I'm actually, gonna say that can be like August or September 2019, perhaps. Yeah, Sam's parents were there too. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, we sat in the back, back yeah. right hand side. Yeah. yeah. It was very lovely. It was. Did they also have like a basketball thing there too? Yes, I believe they had like one of those, um, you know, things you see in arcades and whatn't. Yeah, like the, they got, the side-by-side They got a shot. projector there for like big games like Stanley Cups and MLB and stuff like that when, the, when they need to as well, right? So, um, I thought you could just say big games like uh, Stanley Cup and uh, big games and, and such. Hey, uh, we might have, uh, no, I'm just saying we wouldn't have won that tournament uh, that we've been in Goddard. No. And we were just there a couple weeks ago to, for that final <clears throat> tournament that we probably didn't win. Yeah. But we would have tried our hardest and that's what matters. That's what um, matters. But we probably also probably would have stopped in. Um, so, myself, I've had 15 check-ins, with the highest rate being the Shut-In, which was a hazy citrus IPA, and Hippie Bus, which was a hazy blonde ale. And my ratings for those were a four. Very good. Yes, Tyler. Uh, yeah, so I've had nine check-ins. Uh, the highest rated was the, the Single Hop. We've talked about the Single Hop series from a lot of different breweries. Um, the Strata which was uh, a 4.5 is, is the highest I gave. Again, I like a clean, single hot beer. Let me know what I'm drinking. Let me know how to rate it. Let me know how to recognize it in the future. Chris has had seven check-ins of that, um, much like he is right now, a shut-in. The beer was called shut-in. Uh, and give it a 4.75. And you know what? I just a uh, side note here is that at the beginning when we introduced ourselves, we didn't even say that he's not here. You know what? Until he's, it's just, it's just proven knowledge that he's not. Until he shows up. I, maybe we just drop it, you know? Yeah, I think so. I don't <laughs> think we need to include him anymore until he shows up again. Tell, talk us about Sam, Sam the Record Man. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Uh, so 14 check-ins, his highest rate being the single hop strata as well. Very nice. A 4.25. Glad we could do that together. So Square Brew, uh, within the past few months, uh, I don't know actually why we didn't grab this one. We were in Huntsville uh, a couple months ago, but they did a collab with Sawdust. Okay, good. Yes, uh, the Lo Santro, I believe is how you say that. Lo. Lo Santro. There you go. A Mexican amber lager uh, with one of the brewers, not the head brewer, but one of the brewers from uh, Soda City. So this came up uh, on our producer special. Um, they asked us anything. And we talked about, uh, you know, cervezas and yes. uh, Mexican lagers. And is this the summer for them? Was it the summer for them? This, this kind of shows it a little bit that, yeah, I mean, they were, they were out there in the yes, summer. Yes, they were there. And again, an amber lager, a little bit different. Yes, so a Mexican the, amber lager. Yeah. Even different. But that, that's what I'm saying, right? Like, this races. So, um, flat rate shipping across Ontario, it really depends on location. So, they're one of these uh, breweries that pays uh, on where you live. Yeah. 
And, and obviously, you know, shipping costs have got higher, so you see more and more breweries doing, you know, yeah. doing that these days in terms of where you're at to get as many beers as possible. So obviously, you know, stock order up. them in bulk, you know, get some friends. Stock and, up and share, baby. Exactly, right? So Taproom Hour is Sunday and Monday, 12 to 5, and they are closed on Tuesdays. Pretty sure it's brewing day. And then Wednesday <laughs> to Saturday from 12 till 7. That's good. That was my next question. What's Tuesdays? Um, all right. You know what? Why don't we do what we always do? Let's link their information on our social media. And we should uh, square ourselves up for the first one, shouldn't we? We should. All right. All right, we're back. First things first, we got to thank Alex from Square Brew for yes. providing the beers for today's episode. Yes, thank you for putting them in my hand. <laughs> I guess. Not for me, yeah. <laughs> yes. All right, so the first beer that we're going to have is Ontario's West Coast IPA, which of course is listed as an IPA, which we discussed at the very beginning of this episode. Not more than eight minutes ago. Uh, this is a 6.8% ABV, and the IBUs are unlisted. And of course, I mean, little can discrepancy again, 6.5% on the can. Just to let you know, obviously, maybe the first uh, uh, run of this was 68 and kind of toned down a little bit uh, since then. So, uh, But, you know, that's we've seen that mistake from Untap before. Untap really doesn't go back and change things. So I think you got to go back and edit it. Like, yeah, I don't exactly. know. So, it I just don't, is what it is. I mean, I, I don't know how that works from the, the brewery perspective. I think you need to open a brewery to find out. We should do that. Yeah, I think we should. So this beer is an IPA brewed with barley, oats, and wheat, hopped with American and Canadian hops, and fermented with Norwegian farmhouse yeast. It is light-bodied, aromatic, and super refreshing with a slight haze and citrus flavor. This one is the IPA you will always want in your fridge. You think so? I think so. That's what it says. So follow us on Instagram at Craft Beer Cons and on tap the Craft Beer Connoisseurs. Wait. Do, do it all, Brett. Wait. You've done it. Thank you. The rating for Ontario's West Coast IPA is 3.64 out of 5 with 535 check-ins. We do have 21 friends nice. on Untapped who have checked it in with a 3.66 average rating. Very good. You may go ahead and untether. Oh, thank you. So out of that, actually, there are four or five out of fives. Sam, Sam, coming in with the informations. Man. <laughs> All right, let's uh, grab that glass, grab that can, and let's open her up. A little splashy splash there, but we're good. All right, so we are drinking this out of an IPA glass. So make sure you use your proper glassware, as somebody who isn't here would say. Who would that be? I'm not saying it. Okay. A lot of condensation on this I mean, my wife is a big fan of glassware, so I'm assuming it's probably that. When you say a big fan of glassware, do you mean a big fan of breaking glassware? Because we've heard that. Yes, she she has done that. She's broken more IPA glasses than I have this year. Now, before uh, recording this, we did pull this out of the fridge not too, too long ago, but there's a lot of condensation on this can. Yes, there is. She's a little... Might be be a little bit cold, but that's okay. Yeah. It's Uh, hot in here. It is hot in here. So the drink is cold. That's why the condensation's there. Exactly. Uh, What do you you see, Brett? So I see exactly, um, you know, what you would prototypically see from an IPA. Uh, Looks a a little bit more hazy, almost like a Midwestern IPA. Okay. Right? Um, It's a little little hazy, um, but uh, again, the solid color that I'm I'm looking for in an IPA. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. Uh, typical on the nose. What do you what do you smell? Mm. This one's a little different for me. I don't know. I don't know. Sam, did you smell this? Smell this and see what you can smell off of it. I'm getting uh, a kind of floral and a little bit of pine. Yeah, what are you it's, getting? it's it's different. Okay. I don't like. I don't even know how to kind of like describe it. I, I guess the, a little floral. You still got that ragweed going in there, or what? It it could be. Uh, but yeah, there there is there's a floral aspect of it for sure. I'm getting a little. Like, I don't know if I'm getting a little bit of honey. Maybe. Hmm. 
Maybe. All right. Well, anyway. I mean, you know what? We should just we should just taste it. I know? think that is an excellent, excellent idea. Okay. So we should do that. Very good. One thing I will mention here is uh, producer Sam has actually had this beer the last time that we were there, um, the three of us, right? So, um, all right, I'm going to try it out. Give me, give me your, uh, your honest thoughts there, good sir. Yep. Um, yep, it's a beer. Done. Thank you. Yeah, it, it tastes similar to how it smells. So, so there's something that's just a little bit different with it. Um, uh, I don't know. I don't know how to kind of explain it. There's whether it's the hops or or what it might be, but there's just something. It's a it's a little off putting. It's be honest almost with you. like um, um, now I use this in a, a weird context, but dank, but a bad dank. Yeah, there's just something a little bit off. Right, you get what I mean? Yeah, like it's trying to be a juice bomb, but it's not getting to that juice bomb aspect of things. Yeah, we're not we're not really juicy. Um, I'm just kind of looking at. I think part of it might be this farmhouse east. Yep. So there's some very good, like, earthy tones to it. Um, and that's where I, I'm kind of thinking that this is coming from. I'm not getting a whole lot of the citrus flavor. No. Uh, but the farmhouse yeast is giving it that. Yep. Um, and it, it, it's close to, like, um, like, a very Saison feel to it. Like, it's almost like a, a IPA with a Saison kind of twist. Yeah. No, I, I, could, agree. I could dabble in that with you. So sure. I... I would say maybe yeah. that floral really isn't floral for me, but it's more of like a, an earthy, grassy uh, kind of feel. Almost like a, it's getting like a, a little bit of orange peel. You are getting, so you're getting some of the citrus? Yeah, a little bit of citrus, but it's like, a, maybe almost like a, like a bad rind. Okay. If you know, kind of know where I'm getting going with there. Do you? No? You don't know where I'm going with that? I, I know what you're saying, yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's just it's just something a little bit different for me. Yes, um, no, I and I, that. again, I think it's that, that earth uh, kind of aspect, right? Um, all right, well, we'll keep drinking it as, as we yes. do. Um, let's go to the top five flavor profiles. I'll start them up, and then we'll take the comment from Sam after the five. Yes. And then if Sam wants to add some of the uh, flavor profiles as we Correct. go through, that'd be great. Um, number one, hoppy. I think the hop flavor is there, but it's not, um, coming through like you want it to. Yeah. I think it's more the yeast, <laughs> the yeast flavor instead of the hop flavor. So I don't really find it hoppy. Yeah. I think it's just very yeasty. Um, again, and then that farmhouse kind of like feel to it. Uh, number two, citrusy. A, a little bit. I get it more so on the back end than the front end, but it's still not, it shouldn't be number two. Yeah. Yeah. Not there uh, for me. But it's, it's there slightly. It's a subtle. Um, citrusy. Number three, refreshing. Um, it's cold currently and it's hot in here. So yes, it's very refreshing. <laughs> Good. Glad we could help out with that. Four is piney. Um, not overly piney, no. but I, I, I could, I do see some of the pine coming through, but I'm getting very much like, again, floral, pine, earthy taste. So it's very, um, I don't know, grassroots organic, I'll say. The old organic. Yeah. Okay. Uh, number five is floral. A, a little bit uh, here and there, but nothing. I don't think it should be in the top five. Um, producer Sam, um, mouth coating, earthy. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I see that. that. The yeah. mouth coating too, I think, is a good one because it does kind of stick. 
um, yeah. around, which yeah, is, is kind of the off-putting part for me because it's not really um, – he doesn't finish quick too. So because of that earthiness, I'm just not a big earthy kind of fan. Yeah. Uh, herbaceous, also another one that. Uh, Ooh, now he's just big, big old fancy thesaurus guy. Expanding that lexicon. Okay, right? very good. Um, so, speaking of maybe other. Oh, oh. Before we get to that, the one point that I wanted to mention from oh, Sam yeah, too was tastes much different than uh, it did off the tap, which uh, is interesting. Yes. Uh, and also, maybe the uh, could have been skewed because that was, you know, three years ago. Or four years ago, whatever it was, but yeah, uh, could be a little bit of a difference. That too. Who knows? Um, now go ahead, Brett. But the other people have had this beer, yeah, um, including the first one. The first one that you're going to gladly state right now. Oh, well, Paul M. Uh, the handle is Mixter. Uh, stated the following: quite piney, it leaves a lingering nutty aftertaste, but a smooth mouth feel. Three point five out of five. Okay, interesting, interesting. Yeah, nutty aftertaste. I could kind of taste some of that. Uh, and the second one comes from Ron V, and his handle is Ron underscore Vendorlind underscore 4530. Um, said, uh, definite note of pine on the palate. The can references citrus, which I can't really detect. Uh, however, it still goes down well with the 60 IBUs. So, again, this is according to the vendor at the Goddard Farmer's Market. That 60 IBUs were um, involved with this. We did state that the IBUs were unlisted earlier. Um, and it, he gave it a 4 out of 5. He, he did, did he? Yes, he did. Uh, but Tyler, what will you give it? Yeah, so I'm going to go a little low on this one, actually. Um, not really kind of enjoying where it is, especially with some of the West Coast IPAs I have had uh, previously. Um, I'm going to go and give this a 2.25. Okay. You want to say Chris? I guess we'll throw yeah, Chris's well in here. Chris's, yeah. uh, Chris is going to give it a 4.0. Um, really thinks it's tasty. Yeah. Okay. Good. At the opposite ends of the spectrum, for sure. Yep. Uh, myself, I gave it a 3.75 to 4. Uh, I'm going to go a little lower and just give it a 3.5. Now, when you had it as a 3.75, was it out of the can or was that? Both versions. Can, tap. Okay. Everything. Very good. Yes. Uh, Producer Sam, what did uh, what Sam give so it? So off the tap, he gave it a 3.5, but a 2.5 today. So are we combining that into your overall rating, or do you want to stick with a 2.5 because it's today? We go with today's rating, okay, we'll yeah, for sure. Five, yeah. um, that's going to give us an overall of a 3.0625, which we're going to round down to an even square of three. Or octagon of three. <laughs> there you go. We'll be right back with beer number two. The second beer we're having today is Greg's Celtic Fog. I have no idea who Greg is, but, but apparently he's got, he's got a, a beard <laughs> after him. Yeah, he's got a Celtic Fog. Apparently. So this is a Hazy Pale Ale, but on untap is listed as an American IPA, but label says a Hazy Pale Ale, so we're going to go with that. 4.0% uh, 4. ABV IBUs are unlisted. Very good. So this beer is brewed in collaboration with the Goddard Celtic Roots Festival. This is a Hazy Pale Ale brewed to be light and drinkable but also full of flavor and is best enjoyed outside listening to live music, which makes sense why they're with the Roots Festival. Yes. I've never been to the Goddard Celtic Roots Festival. Sam, have you been? No. Okay. Uh, so that makes three of us that have not been. Um, that's actually where Chris is today. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> uh, he's not there. He's not there. <laughs> but uh, we tried. We tried yeah. to see you. Absolutely. So, on Untapped, uh, the Celtic Fog has a rating of 3.37 out of 5, so not particularly great, with overall 144 check-ins. Um, seven of our friends have actually had this, with a lower than that average at 3.11 out of the 5. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. So yeah, that's I, that's that's all the information that we have. So I don't know if there are any five or fives with it. Uh no, there is not. All right. Yeah. I think they're made in like one four point seven five or one four five or something like that. But okay. No five out of fives. All right. So let's grab our glass. And let's grab our beer. And let's open her up. Very good. Very good. Look at that. Look at that. All right. So we are drinking out of a pint glass. Um, yeah, we'll just see here. I, I've poured. Brett, you're pouring. Good. Right. Sam, you've got yours. Excellent. All right. For a pale ale, this is giving very lager-looking vibes. I was just going to say that, actually. Really? It looks like a lager to me right now. Yeah. Very more clear than what you expect from a hazy pale ale. Just rolled over on myself there. There we go. Um, yeah. Very much so. Kind of apple juicy, right? Yeah. 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 That's, oh, yeah. that's Sam's not even typing anymore. He's just, <laughs> you probably didn't pick up on Sam's yeah, voice, like a, but. Like a grapefruit apple juice combination thing. Said that's what it smells like. Yeah. As soon as I said apple juice, he's like, that's what it smells yeah. like. And I didn't smell it yet. So, yeah. um, yeah. But you can definitely, when you open the can and pour it, you can definitely get the, uh, I'm not going to say odor from it, but you're going to definitely get the scent from it. Sure. Because odor is a bad word to use, but no, I don't, uh, no, I scent don't think it's a, uh, from, from the word. can itself. The beautiful thing, though, is um, that it's not really translucent. So it does, as the paleness, I, I can't see your face through it, Brett. So um, I can't see your face because my hand is covering the area. Well, that's why you grab the bottom. Not <laughs> yeah, yeah, put, yeah, yeah, there you go. There it is. See, I can't see you. So I can oh. see your, oh, no, I can see you somewhat. Yeah, it serves its purpose. It's blocking the, you the, out. The uh, vision of you is hazy. There you go. If you will, through through the uh, can, or through the glass, I should say. <laughs> I was going to say beer glasses. <laughs> um, yeah. I think this one might have some lacing on her, though. She might. Yeah, it looks like, um, like that. Uh, the head does kind of, um, you know, dissipate very quickly. Sure. Um, still got, to obviously, your little bubbles and whatnot, but uh, not the head that maybe you expect from, from a pale ale, hazy pale ale style. There you go. But, uh, I'm going to start drinking it. I think that's a great idea. We should do that right now. You can... Uh, I'll drink now while you give your uh, your full thoughts on it while you get the swallow down there. Yeah. Um, strong, bold flavor. Uh, really kind of hits the back of the throat, right? So you got to be careful when you're drinking this one that you just don't take too big of a mouthful, I think. Um, yeah, it's it's a different kind of, of pale ale, right? Because it is a little bit lighter on the lager side of things almost. Um, but there is a, there's a mouthfeel that just, that's just there, right? Um, I'm trying to figure out like what it is. It's that the I'm dankness. Tasting. It's a dankness. It's not that though. There's a dank, earthy tone to this. Yes. Um, so the one thing that has been kind of utilized in beers, and I need to do a little bit more research on this, um, is the hop oil. Okay. Um, so it it almost has it tastes oily. Okay. Does that make sense to you at all? Yeah, kind of. I mean, there is natural oils with general hops that you're using, but I think that part of this is, um, again, kind of that concentrated oil aspect, right? And I, I mean, I'm not a huge guy when it comes to, uh, like, cannabis oils, right? For sure, yep. Um, but hops and cannabis are very similar. Uh, and so I think that the the hop oil in this, that's kind of, kind of where I kind of, and bringing this to is there's this dank earthiness to it. So I'm just trying to kind of do a little bit in terms of a hop oil versus an actual hop. Okay. 
Um, little education? Are we going to yes, save? Are, do you want to save this for or, a Parisian I can special? Say, maybe say, say hop oil, but hop extract. Sure. Um, do you want to do that now? Yes. Okay. So the hop resin extract can be used for flavor and aroma, but may not be as intense as the pellets or the actual hops used. So it's going to have a reduced IBU utilization with reduced boiling time, much like hop pellets or hop pellets. Sorry. The hop resin has a higher utilization efficiency than the leaf or the pellets, roughly about five percent more. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I feel as though it's one of those things where you're not getting as intense flavors because you're not getting the actual hop. You're just getting it, you know, it really condensed in an oil. Versus if you're using a Creole hop or a citra hop and you're using the actual hop in here, it may come out better because it's it just, it tastes a little griny at the back end. Like if you, if you taste it and then it's almost like, having like a protein shake that's not like fully mixed in so you're still getting a little bit of that ground protein at the bottom okay that makes you yeah yeah again for me there's like a dank earthiness kind of aspect to it that kind of just sets a bit off um top five flavor profiles why don't we walk through uh what on tap scott here yes so number one hazy there is some haziness to it yeah yeah. A little bit. Uh, but yeah, I wouldn't not, really call when it you that, say hazy pale, you, and yeah. you don't expect it to be like that. No. Number two, light. Um, a little bit, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, three. Could, and I think okay. from a pale ale perspective, for sure, mm-hmm. like it's giving me very lager-y kind of vibes. Yeah. Number three, bitter. I'd go dank. Okay. Um, yeah. If there was ever a grainy as in a profile on top, I'd That's what you're getting? Okay. Yeah. Number four, grapefruity. Yeah, I'm not getting any kind of fruit flavor at all in this. Again, very earthy, very danky. Um, yeah, that's the vibe. And number five, hop oil. Yeah, is that a flavor profile? That, uh, it is, is now that, apparently. That, is that in there? That is actually in there. I'm pretty. Sh- I'm pretty sure it is in there. Okay. Producer Sam, gonna really check. Check this. that out. Yeah. Um, yeah, if it is, I could see it. Sure. Yeah. Um, it is different. Like it, it, it definitely is different than, but I think it's, it's good for us to have one of these, have a beer like this that we can kind of utilize, you know, the fruit home and all that stuff that we understand the difference between the beers, you yeah. know, actual hops, pellets, and then extract the oils, extra however oil. you want to say it. Right. Yeah. Sam um, says it's in there for so sure. I think so. this is probably one of the first ones that we've seen and taste that really utilizes the hop oils. Sure. They can definitely get that from because a lot of the uh, other beers necessarily have just used you know pellets or yeah. other avenues of, of going down right. Yeah, I would have I would have liked to seen this done a little bit differently. But again, this isn't a beer made for me. This is a beer made really for Alex um, or Greg and or Greg. All right, and his frog <laughs> that's on the can. It's true. I wonder if I we know Greg. You know, I'm starting to think. Like a, you know, a, a piper it's named like a Greg. Hallucinating Greg might have also played fastball. Might have been a pitcher. Tough oh, to say. Oh, yes. Might have been a paramedic. It's true. Yes. All right. Untapped uh, thoughts. What do you got, Brett? So the first one comes from Mark W., and his handle is Big Kahuna 69 That's good for Mark. Yep, exactly. Uh, smooth, pale ale, hoppy notes, and aftertaste, but not overpowering. And what, three, did, uh, what did they rate it? They rated it a 3.75 out of 5. Very good. Uh, the next one is Joel M., and the handle is JCR Melton. Um, they gave it a uh, stated, the following actually, a dinner reheating pale ale, barn floor hops, or just a lot of crystal malts, rated 3.75 out of 5. So that's, a, that's interesting. Yeah, it was a unique, because uh, they didn't really give any more description to the barn floor hops. Yeah. Right? Um, 
But yeah, I mean, it's, it's they're entitled to what they want to, and that's uh, it is what it is. Um, in terms of my rating, um, I have not had this one before. Myself, um, I feel like it has potential, but the oil is really just off-putting for me. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give it a 2.5. Okay, good. Uh, Chris is going to give it a 2.5 as well. Um, I've had it before, and I've given it a 2.5, I think. And I'm going to stick, I'm going to stick with a 2.5, I, th- I believe. I will do that. Producer Sam originally gave it 2.5. He's going to drop it down to a uh, 2.0. So it's three 2.5s and a 2, which is going to give us an overall score of 2.375, which will round up to a 2.5. Yes. So that concludes the review of Square Brew and the beers provided for today's episode. Sure does. Now we're going to be back with uh, a little thematic conversation. We were talking about simulators earlier on. Let's talk about simulators again. Absolutely. All right, we're back. And we are living in reality right now. Yep. Yeah, we're, I'm, I'm real. This is as real as it gets for you, right? Yeah, absolutely. There I you got go. out of the house today. Hey, congratulations, Thank man. You. I'm proud Thank of you. you. I get out of the house a lot, but like, you know, not for this. <laughs> it's true. Um, yeah, so kind of inspired by what Square Brew is doing with the virtual reality, I guess not really reality, this, the simulator uh, for golf. Wanted to have a bit of a discussion about virtual reality slash simulators. Um, let's do our traditional kind of round table yep. of where we're at. We'll kind of split a little bit of the producer uh, Sam's comments up a little bit on this one. Um, but let's talk virtual reality simulators. So for myself, um, not a whole lot of experience with this simulator kind of aspect for the most part. Um, there is some things that, I mean, I've played simulation games before. Yep. Um, I would love to have like really kind of like dove into like a flight simulator. Um, and I used to play that with a joystick a little bit, but I'm just, it, there's too much going on. I also don't I'm think that good you, at it. when you're a pilot, you fly with a joystick. You, you do in, in, in helicopters. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. 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 Helicopter, yeah. yeah but I, it, that's just it though. It's like, there's, it was just too complicated for my small little brain. But, um, yeah, in terms of like simulators, I haven't done a whole lot. I haven't, I've never done a golf simulator, but I've never really been a golf guy, uh, personally. So that's just me. I think there are some really cool ones coming out. I'll, I'll save some of my comments because I do see that Sam's got them uh, written down too. So I think yeah. we'll probably be in the same kind of boat that way. I'll talk about uh, producer Sam's right now. Go ahead. Doesn't really have much experience with simulators still. Um, does have uh, some individuals that he actually works with that have some personal golf simulators. And this is what I was talking about. I High love, rollers. I, it's not that much. Like the actual tracking system and a projector, I mean, you're probably like three grand in uh, by the end of it. But all things considered, if that means you're golfing whenever you want in a garage, any time of the year, three grand isn't that That's big also a deal. way for golf courses to make money during the winter months too, right? Like they're making a lot of money for that. Well, I mean, if he's subscribed, I guess there's probably some kind of like royalty going oh, back yeah. to the company. Yeah, yeah, but, for sure, yeah. but for yourself, it's like... If you didn't want to pay like a membership rate, and I again, I don't know how they entirely work, but if you were out there and that was what you had, um, you're saving money instead of going and paying for a golf membership too, yep. right? So things you can work on. So that's kind of really cool. They do have weekly challenges that you could do as like with your friend group, which is kind of a cool thing. So this is good information, and um, yeah, and then they're, they you can kind of select, you know. Where you where you're at on like a, a PGA tour kind of aspect, Pell Beach, you know. 
Yeah, I think it'd be a couple beaches in every freaking game, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, I think it'd be kind of a cool thing to have if, like, you're going to retire and spend three grand on something like that. Sure. Again, I'm not a big golf guy, but some people go to Florida for the winter. Some people buy a golf simulator. It all depends. It's true. It's true. Uh, Myself, I mean, I've done golf simulators a couple times. Uh, I personally enjoy it just for that. I don't have to putt. Um, so (laughs) could you give me like a bit of a rundown of how it works? So for example, um, you know, let's, we'll use, I don't know what, what kind of golf course are you familiar with? Let's go kind of like sawgrass. You know what sawgrass is? We'll do the Island green. Okay. So 17 Island green, you know, it's about 120 yards. So for me, it'd be probably a pitching wedge or nine iron, depending on the, you know, where the wind's playing in, uh, cause obviously you do have like, you know, 10 mile per hour winds. It's, it's literally like. You know, you had PGA there for a little bit, yeah, like yeah. on PlayStation. Yeah. It's literally the same thing, except instead of going up and down on your analog stick, you're actually swinging the golf club. Oh, yeah, for right? sure. Yeah. Um, the only thing is, putting is a very unique thing when it comes to a golf simulator. So necessarily, they say if you're within a certain amount of distance, they give you either one putt or two putts. Okay. Um, depending on, uh, there's some simulators that you can authentically putt, um, yeah. but the ones that I've played at least... Um, once you get it on the green, depending where you're at, they'll give you a one putt or two putt and kind of go from there. Okay. So, um, you know, obviously it's pretty, I would say pretty accurate in terms of the measurement, I would say. Sure. Uh, with it, within, I would say five yards of what you can actually shoot. Uh, but it's, it is a unique experience. And obviously, you know, most times you're aided by uh, food and drink. Uh, yeah, when no, it comes no, for to sure. It, right? It's a social thing. Exactly. It's a social thing. Yeah. It's, a, it's a thing to get out and uh, do some exercise and of your arms swinging back and forth and your beer curls. But, um, no, I, I, I decent, like I wouldn't go to it like, you know, every day or every week, but you know, a couple of times during the winter time would be totally fine by me. Yeah. Um, in terms of virtual reality stuff, I really haven't well, done. Let's, we oh. could, we, we're, yeah. Let's split that up. We'll okay. do simulators kind of stuff. Right okay. Now. Uh, but also i kind of find like simulation stuff. I play that a lot. Like, well, maybe not as much as I used to, but like MLB the show and, and NBA, like that technically is a, simulation style sure. game, right? So I'm playing those uh, when I get an opportunity to do so, yeah, you, <laughs> which is You haven't not... been on a PlayStation in 10 days, I think it says. 10 days? Wow, I'm thinking more like a month, but okay. Yeah, maybe you just logged in accidentally once. Probably, yeah. It's terrible. Right. Yeah, no, it's terrible. Yeah, no. Uh, ball season is pretty much done now, so that'll, you'll see that change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you say that every time. I go ahead and I buy a game thinking you're going to play with me. And you never uh, 2K24 is coming up, though. It, yeah, uh, and, I have this every year. and I have a hundred dollars in play, PlayStation gift cards. You so I am buying it. Breaks my heart. Breaks my heart. Yes. We'll, we'll see. But how I mean, seven foot seven for center who can't run. It's me. We'll see. We'll see how much you can dedicate <laughs> your time to it. Um, so that's kind of like the golf simulation. Before we flip over to virtual reality, one thing that I I want to mention, which is great that uh, Sam mentioned this. Down in Houston, Texas, there is um, a home run dugout which is like a simulated batting kind of bay. There's also the food and drink. So it's very much top golf esque I believe. If Yeah, okay. So very much like a top golf kind of aspect of it. I would love to do that too. So maybe that's the next trip is we take a trip down to Houston. I mean, is it really worth it for that? Probably not, but it could be. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's brews there. Do a little bit of Houston and Arlington and get to yeah, Astros and Rangers in there. Uh, yeah. Minute Maid's supposed Minute to be Mayfield, good, too. Yeah, which would um, be actually pretty sweet, too. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I've, seen some, I've seen some TikToks and um, uh, Instagram videos about the Homer and Dugout, and it looks pretty sweet. Pretty good, yeah. Uh, I'll probably get food poisoning and not be able to make it. Um, but uh, <laughs> Yeah, those pre-cooked, pre-made <laughs> hot dogs that yes. anybody can have. Yes, but uh, in, in other respects, yes. I, I think that would be, I know we've kind of talked about, you know, kind of thrown out uh, in terms of, you know, 
where should we go next year for your ball trip? But maybe that's maybe that's one. Maybe Houston's or maybe play. it's one of those things where it's like a top golf stuff stuff at one location, all of a sudden two, three, four, and all of a sudden it's in every big city in the States, right? Could take off. And yep. it could take off. And before you know it, there's one in Boston next year. There's one in New York or Chicago or what whatever else, right? Yeah. Maybe there's one in London we'd have to go far at all. That's probably not gonna happen. <laughs> no. Um now from the virtual reality standpoint, I do actually have a VR headset for my PlayStation 5, so the VR2. Um, I haven't played it as much as I kind of want to. You probably use that as much as I use my PlayStation. Uh, probably yeah. a little bit less, maybe. Yeah, there you go. Uh, the reason for it is just because of the space right now. Um, when I get, uh, I guess, kind of things set up here in my yes. new place, yes, uh, it'll be a lot easier. Cause Much more space for activities. There won't be a coffee table in the way uh, that I have to kind of navigate Well, you don't around. know that. You could put your coffee table in the oh, way. Oh, I know. <laughs> I have it all designed out. Yeah, so you get your uh, architecture plans in there? It's everything's, everything's figured out. So I hope to play a little bit more. I have done the demo for like NFL, and it is pretty wild. When you get in there, like you're setting the plays up, and everything you do, you look left, you look right. When you throw the ball, it, it feels pretty good. It is mind-boggling because you don't – you want to move your body, but you got to be careful not to just start like, you know, covering for a block or something like what that. What happens to get sacked? Do you fall down? Uh, I feel like I do. <laughs> I feel emotionally upset with myself if I get sacked and let that happen. Fair enough. But yeah, it's it's pretty wild. But other than that, I haven't been to some of these uh, um, locations that you can actually do like virtual reality with a bunch of people in the mm-hmm. same space. I've never done that. But um, there is like a bit of a motion sickness that you have to kind of get used to. Yes. And then once you're over that, it's it's pretty interesting, pretty cool to put yourself in a different kind of world than what you're at. Take your headset off and... Yeah, I mean, it sounds a little geeky. I get that, a little yeah. nerdy, but I mean, it's uh, sometimes reality's tough, and uh, you got to go to virtual reality yeah, for sure. Uh, there's, uh, I've kind of been, or will be, I should say, the taste tester of this at work. But we have uh, looked into the aspect of buying a couple of or a few virtual reality headsets for different jobs. Yeah, do some on-the-job training. Uh, on-the-job training, virtually, virtually, like if you want to know how it's how it is to work in a restaurant or manufacturing or things like that, to be able to do it virtually. Yeah. So we've looked into that, and I've um, I, th- I think we're going to end up purchasing a couple of them, and I'm going to be the taste dummy, or test dummy, not taste dummy. Uh, for <laughs> you're be looking at your headset. <laughs> Maybe you things have really went astray with that, but uh, um, for different programs and whatnot that we're going to be offering come later on and next year or whatever. But uh, yeah, so it'll be interesting to kind of utilize that and see how those things kind of operate. Uh, other than that, um, you know, I haven't used virtual reality probably at all. Yeah. Uh, but being the technology guy at work, apparently I was the one summoned for that. Sure. Um, so I'm going to go to a conference in uh, November about uh, how those things work and how to utilize them. So that'd be nice. fun. Yeah. But yeah. I would, I would like to see, I know they exist, but not right now with the PlayStation one, but I'd like to see like a baseball one come. Cause how like take the Wii sports kind of baseball, mix it with a virtual reality and like you could pick like your pitcher, your stadium that you yeah. want to hit in, and, and see how how that kind of goes, right? I remember they had the PlayStation Move way back when. Yeah. Yes, yeah. that was that was a good time up in uh, Sam's room. Up in up in Sam's. Yes. What were you doing, Sam's room? <laughs> uh, playing MLB Twelve, the show Home Run Derby. It was my it was myself, Sam, and a person who actually uh, just I think struck out like twenty four guys in a fifteen inning game in uh, the men's. Uh, Fast pitch championship. There you go. Ty Sebastian. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was quite time. Uh, he didn't win, though. I believe I did. Let <laughs> <laughs> me just crack the back here for the win there. Yeah. yeah. But I, I do think that they'll have something. I know it does exist on different platforms, but it'd be cool if they had something for the PlayStation one because obviously yeah, I have a lot of sure. stuff. I mean, they're not cheap. 
but like again, the graphics and everything else, they're right where they need to be uh, yeah, to kind sure. of make it worth it. I think it'd just be really cool to go up and be like, oh, I'm gonna pick Randy Johnson. And I'm going to pick, I don't know, Coors Field or something. So if I do ever connect on one, maybe it could go 455 feet or something. For sure, absolutely. That'd be kind of cool. Yes. All right, anything else virtual reality uh, and or simulation-based? I think we are good to go. All right. Time for the farewells, I think. We'll be right back with our farewell. All right, that's going to be it for today's episode. Thanks again for listening. Keep on listening every other Thursday's Craft Beer Connoisseurs releases a new episode and on our off Thursdays for a producer special. And make sure to tell your friends, family, and your favorite, Greg. Yeah, Greg. So from all of us, Chris included, I suppose. Maybe. And, and producer Sam, I'm Tyler. I'm Brett, and together we are the Craft Beer Connoisseurs. <laughs>